What is up, y'all? How we doing? Hey, so um, I don't think I introduced myself earlier. I don't think I did. Uh, if we have not had a chance to meet, my name is Isaac, and I'm one of the pastors here at the table. And tonight is just a really special night. We're really excited. Um, as you can see, we've done a few things already a little differently. As you were walking in, there was some 90s throwback music playing. As you can see, a lot of us are wearing graphic t-shirts. Uh, and that was some uh, Pearl Jam, I think, just for uh, especially, especially just to make Doug feel extra loved. Um, but... I remember when I was 18 years old and I was um, sitting across from my principal. Actually, again, I was the good kid, not because I was in trouble, but because I was a good kid. And uh, our principal like, got like, all like, the good kids and then sat across from us and he would say, hey, Isaac, what do you want to do with your life? And then I said, 18 years old, I'm about to graduate high school, and I say, oh, I definitely want to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. True story. True story. It's what I told him. And then I said, oh, yeah, and I guess be a husband and a dad, yada, 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 whatever. But, like, secretly, I just, that's exactly what I wanted. I just wanted to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, right? And I think if I were to be honest with myself, although I may have been unaware at the time, here's what I wanted. I wanted 18 years old. I wanted a lot of money. I wanted uh, people to like me desperately, um, and I just wanted to be in charge of things, right? That's just what I wanted. And I thought, if I can become CEO of a Fortune 500 company, then all of these things will happen. I'll have a lot of money, and people will like me, and I'll get to be in charge um, a lot of a lot of things. So then I go to Baylor University, and at Baylor, I start out as a business major. And I'm like, yes, my plan is coming exactly as it should be. Ha, 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 ha. Um, and it was even voted uh, like most likely to succeed in my business class, right? So like, I was like, yeah, things are going well. Let's do this. Let's do this. And then I realized, I get to the spring semester of my freshman year, and I realize I don't like business, which completely destroys my plan. Like, I, like I would go, here I am on track, and now I realize like my world just secretly and slowly um, just started uh, shattering around me because I realized I don't even like business. And here begins a 10-year journey of me asking this question. What do I do with my life? What do I do with my life? <laughs> what do I do with my life? Hey, there we go. <laughs> right? So, you know, I'm 18 years old, now I just turned 19, and I'm asking this question, what do I do with my life? And it starts this 10-year journey of me trying to answer this question. And then some of you know, as I've shared my story before, if you've been here, you know, I majored, majored in film and then went on and kind of worked for some church, really trying to figure stuff out. But really, from 18, 19 years old till really I was 28, I'm just trying to answer this question, what do I do with my life? Now, my suspicion is I know my audience right? And I know I'm talking to a bunch of young adults who are also asking, hmm, what do I do with my life? So maybe you're 18, 19, starting college. Uh, maybe you're hitting your quarter-life crisis, 24, 25, 26. Maybe you're in your 30s. But I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I talk to people in their 40s that are asking, what do I do with my life? I talk to people in their 50s that are asking, what do I do with my life? 60s, what do I do with my life? 70s, they're pretty much checked out. But... <laughs> But that, that uh, you know, eighteen to like late 60s, early 70s, where a lot of us are asking, what do I do with my life? But fortunately, there's some questions, right? We've been in the series where we're, we're asking a lot of questions about just big topics. You know, we talked about politics, we talked about sex, we talked about alcohol. And now we're going to answer the question, what do I do with my life? Such a broad question. But God doesn't leave us hanging. 
Actually, this is maybe one of the clearest things in Scripture um, that God tells us to do as we're asking the question, what do I do with my life? If you have your Bibles, if you have your apps, we're going to be in Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. Sorry, Matthew chapter 4. I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 6 is another sermon for another day, y'all. But Matthew chapter 4, where we're going to look to see what do we do with our lives. Matthew chapter 4. So, it says here, the gospel author Matthew writes in chapter 4, verse 17, From that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, and there is a lot, a lot, a lot that has been written that could be said about the kingdom of heaven, but I'm going to dumb it down a lot, not for y'all, but for me. I'm going to dumb it down um, to where basically the kingdom of heaven, one angle to look at it, is trying to bring healing to this broken world. Just, there's so much brokenness, right? We look at the world around us, and we just see so much brokenness around us. And whenever Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of God is near, what he's saying is, y'all, there's a lot of brokenness around us, but if we were to be honest, there's also brokenness in here, inside of us. So saying, look, turn from the brokenness and turn towards hope and healing in the kingdom of God, which Jesus will say is found in me. So whenever he says, repent, for the kingdom of God is near, what he's trying to do is bring healing to this broken world and trying to get people to follow him because he knows that everybody wins when we're following Jesus. We bring healing to this broken world. But Jesus also knows that his time on earth is limited. He knows that he's going to need a few people that he can put himself into to continue bringing healing to this broken world. So let's see how he does that. So we keep reading in verse 18, seven, uh, verse, verse 18, where the story continues. The story continues where it says, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And look what they did. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. So Jesus is on a mission, right? Jesus is on a mission to bring hope and healing into the world. And he knows that his time on earth is limited. So he's trying to put himself into other people. Jesus knows that he himself does uh, create healing in the world, but it would be so much more um, uh, expansive. And, and especially because, you know, Jesus only did ministry for about three years. So are we just out of luck after three years if Jesus stops doing ministry? No. Here's what he did. He put a copy of himself into others, and we call that reproduction, right? So whenever we ask the question, um, here's the big idea, is whenever we ask the question of what do I do with my life, here's the answer. The only way to be truly satisfied in what you're doing is by reproducing Jesus in someone else. I'll say it one more time. The only way to be truly satisfied in what you're doing is by reproducing Jesus in someone else. And I think a lot of us um, intuitively get this. How many of y'all were ever born? <laughs> yeah, is that most of us? Is that most of us that were ever born? Look, look what happened. So, I mean, we went through science class, a lot of us. You know, you got some of your mom's DNA. You got some of your dad's DNA. And you got reproduced, right? They came together. Their DNAs came together. Um, if you need more, listen to the sex talk we talked heard earlier. Um, your parents reproduced themselves in you, 
right? And then the family continues, the family line continues, the DNA continues. So in a very natural kind of uh, birth way, in in a spiritual sense, Jesus puts his DNA in us so that we, not to hoard it all for ourselves, so that we may in turn go and reproduce Jesus in somebody else. And here's how he does that. And actually, I think everybody can do that. Everybody can reproduce Jesus and someone else by doing these three things. Here are the three ingredients for reproduction. You guys ready? The three ingredients for reproduction. Uh, number one, number one, invite. Because we see earlier in the passage where Jesus, the first thing that Jesus says, he says, come and follow me. He says, come and follow me. What's Jesus doing? Jesus is giving this invitation that he gives to everybody. Initially to to Andrew and to Peter in the story, but we see time and time again throughout the New Testament that Jesus gives this invitation to come and to follow me, right? So what's one of the ingredients for reproduction is this invitation. And when Jesus gives the invitation, we don't need to change a single thing about ourselves. Jesus loves us just as we are. We have so much worth and so much value, right? When you came to the table tonight, Jesus is giving this invitation to you just as you are. I don't know how you ended up here, but you're here. And as you're here, you don't need to change a single thing about yourself for God to tell you that he loves you, for Jesus to tell you that he loves you. Jesus gives this invitation and says, come just as you are. You don't need to change anything. But now, Jesus also says the second thing, where he says the second part of the sentence, where he says, come and follow me, and then what's the next part? I'm going to make you fishers of men, all right? It doesn't just stop with invitation. It actually continues what we call around here challenge, right? So Jesus challenges us to something greater, to something more. And here in the story, at first, Jesus is just casting a vision for what reproduction looks like, first with invitation and then with challenge. So where Jesus says, look, I'm going to take you on the best thing that you've ever done in your life. Come and follow me, and here's what we're going to do together. He's casting a vision of challenge. So yes, uh, you are loved just as you are, but Jesus loves you so much that he doesn't want you to stay as you are. Right? We've talked about earlier that there's a brokenness around the world, and also, because we're honest people, there's brokenness in us. So Jesus loves us not to sit in our brokenness, right? You've ever had that day where you're just like, or your friend has that day where you just like sit in your feels, and you're like, and for one day it's okay because you kind of like need to figure out what you're feeling, and then it goes to day two, and you're like, and then day three, and then like two months later, I mean, y'all, we all went through COVID. Two months later, we're just like eating ice cream, right? Just like ice cream and ice cream and ice cream and ice cream, right? What is that? Yes, that's fine to process, but man, there's so much more challenge, right? Here, let's let's talk truth. Let's talk. Here's a vision of moving forward. Here's the next step that you need to take. You want to keep growing? Here's your next step for growth, for development, to be made more like Jesus. So it starts with invitation and then moves toward challenge. Come and follow me, and then I will make you fishers of men. Thirdly, the third ingredient is invite challenge, and here's the best way to challenge and invite. Invite and then challenge. Invite first, then challenge. Don't challenge first. That doesn't go well. Invite and then challenge. One-on-one. 
one-on-one -on -one is how it's done. If we know that we're trying to figure out what do we want to do in life, right? How do I want to spend my time, spend my energy, everything in me? What do I want to orient my life toward? If we know this and we know that we can invite and we can challenge, the best way to do it is one-on-one. -on -one. One-on-one, -on -one, right? So what does that mean? That means that you invite, you go to your friend and you invite them to come hang out with you, right? You can invite your friend to coffee, right? You, can, you just can go and just sit with your friend. You can go and you can um, share your story of hope and what Jesus has done in your life. And whenever we're inviting and challenging one-on-one, -on -one, reproduction happens. And actually, this really cool thing happens, and because it's been happening for 2,000 years, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, just keeps going and going and going and going and going and going as a reproducer of Jesus makes another reproducer of Jesus who makes another reproducer of Jesus who makes another reproducer of Jesus who makes another reproducer of Jesus. You guys get this? And then another reproducer of Jesus. That's how the church goes forth. And it takes invitation and challenge, and the best way to do it is one-on-one. -on -one. When everybody, when all of us start inviting, challenging, one-on-one, -on -one, it creates such a powerful culture of reproduction. And I think we've all experienced this. You may have experienced it. Um, if, you're, if you were involved at another church, awesome. And I think that all of us, if we're here at the table, have experienced it here at First Orlando via the table as well. We experience this reproduction. And you know if you've ever one-on-one uh, -on -one, uh, with somebody, and you're like, oh, man, I like shared that thing, and they're actually like really gracious with me. Invitation. But they also gave me a really helpful next step. Challenge. And they sat with me for four hours one-on-one. -on -one right? And we notice our lives change as we talk with you. So many people have been developed. So many people have been reproduced uh, to be made like Jesus. And then in turn, you go get the next person. And that's where hope and healing comes in. Now I'm going to close with this little uh, message et, if you will, uh, with two stories. Um, the first story um, is about this guy that you've probably never heard of before, but I know at least one person who has. Uh, his name is Dawson Trotman. Now, uh, Dawson Trotman, um, so he was a guy that, um, he, he was a really, his backstory is really cool. Um, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Um, he has this moment whenever he realizes that he's a really good evangelist. And he's really good at, like, helping people become like Jesus and helping people, or converted, like, going from death to life, becoming like Jesus, right? He realizes that he has some knack doing that, and he's doing that, and he's getting really good at it, and he's partnering with some people there in California um, to do that as well. Until one moment when he, he was driving by, and as was uh, custom, um, he would pick people up and just evangelize to them and share the gospel with them. So there's this one moment where he's driving, and he picks a guy up, and they have this, and he starts evangelizing to him, and then they have this really weird moment to where this guy is like, have we? And then Dawson Trotman is like, have we? And they realize they've already had this conversation a year ago where Trotman picked him up, shared the gospel with him, he becomes a Christian, and then, uh, and then goes off, and now he's, he's just back where he was before, no development, no reproduction happening. And Dawson Trotman has, feels so convicted, and he pioneers uh, modern-day, uh, what he called follow-up ministry, um, or what we just call discipleship, right? He, he pioneers discipleship to where it's not just like, let's get people saved, but it's no. I'm going to meet people where they are, 
one-on-one and invite and challenge. And he pioneers this really, really amazing follow-up ministry that influences so many people. Do we have anybody here that works at Crew? A few people. So, so the founder of Crew, if you know Crew, it's headquartered here in Orlando, this guy named Bill Bright. So Bill Bright was discipled by Dawson Trotman who also partnered with Billy Graham. So if you're familiar with Billy Graham at all, Billy Graham is uh, like in the, like the 40s and 50s, like thousands of people are getting saved and they realize that they don't have enough resources to actually like follow up and reproduce Jesus and other people. So he asks Dawson Trotman to help him reproduce people. So Dawson Trotman had an influence on Bill Bright, had an influence on Billy Graham, and my second story, had an influence on Doug Hankins. So I don't know if y'all know this. So Doug is actually, um, I don't know if he would actually admit this, but like the world's leading expert on Dawson Trotman. Uh, so by nature has become a really, really good expert at follow-up ministry. So um, I met Doug. Um, I think I said earlier, uh, so I've been on this 10-year journey of trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. And I thank God so much for the Hankins family. And I would not literally not be here if it wasn't for the Hankins family and their mentorship and leadership toward me and discipleship and reproduction and me. And in that 10-year journey, especially in the last six years, how he has mentored me and poured into me and met with me one-on-one and invitation and challenge one-on-one. Invitation and challenge one-on-one. Invitation and challenge one-on-one, right? And I know I'm not the only one. Can you all, Doug, can you turn around for a second? Okay. If you've ever met with Doug one-on-one, raise your hand. Or Natalie, Natalie as well. If you've ever met Doug, the Hankins family, raise your hand. Good? Good? Okay. Okay. Now, keep your hand raised. Um, if you've ever uh, been in a group that they've led, raise your hand. Okay. Yep. 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 Okay. Um, if you've ever uh, followed Jesus better because of their life, raise your hand. Yep. I was asking what I want to do with my life, and God could have used anybody. God could have used different people. God did use different people, but God chose the Hankins family to reproduce Jesus in all of us, right? That was my uh, my number one question uh, moving here to Orlando was, I don't know how to reproduce Jesus in people. I don't know how to disciple people. And I kind of felt like I wanted to do ministry, like I felt like this like ministry leaning, but I didn't know how to do it. And I moved here to Orlando in 2018, and I'm so, so, so thankful for First Orlando and the leadership that David and Danny, shout out, we'll talk to them in here in a little bit. the leadership of First Orlando, just to love people. And what we say around here is we want to follow Jesus and lead others to do the same. And how we've got to express that through table, through the leadership of Doug. It changed my life. So Doug, thank you. Thank you. Can we give it up? Now, I know um, I'm, not the, I'm not the only one um, that has, wants to say we love you and thank you to Doug and to Natalie. So we actually have a few people that we're going to see here on video. Hi, Doug. I just want to say congratulations and let you know how proud Stacy and I are for you and Natalie on this new assignment from the Lord for being the lead pastor Uh, of this new church. Uh, God's going to use you in tremendous ways. I'm so thrilled and I want to remind you that uh, the Lord could have chosen uh, a lot of different tools out of his toolbox, but he chose you. So be humbled by that, be honored by that, 
and let it be just a quiet reminder that the Lord has found you faithful. Uh, so stay humble and stay prayerful. Remember that everything that can be accomplished will not be by your cleverness or by your strength uh, or by your strategies and all those things are great and strong in you. But uh, true fruitfulness and progress and development, growth, maturity, all the great blessings that can come from this new role will come because of the Spirit of the Lord. So I'm excited to hear all the great news and the new times that you're going to be experiencing there with your family. But uh, congratulations. It's awesome. It's going to be great. And you're going to be wonderful in this new role. Have a blast. Hey, Doug. It's Mark Weibel. Just wanted to offer my quick congratulations to you on uh, your new position as lead pastor at First Baptist Church Shelby. I know that the Lord has got great things in store, not only for you, but for the church and that community. Doug, I've watched you grow from a college student uh, into a lead pastor. And the thing I think has inspired me along the way is your innovation, your willingness to learn, and your willingness to put in practice that which you have learned. Uh, I trust that the Lord will allow you and Natalie and the kids to um, be knit into the family there at Shelby quickly and that you will begin to see great fruit uh, within that the, the area there. Uh, you're in my prayers. Uh, may God bless you in all that you do. Love you, man. Congratulations. Hey, Fresh, I just wanted to say, man, congratulations to you and Nat. I am excited for y'all, and I am really excited for First Baptist Shelby. For all those years ago, uh, what a fantastic uh, journey you've been on, and this is a uh, another milestone for you. And so I just want to say I'm really happy for you, ecstatic for you, I'm proud of you, and man, I know you're going to make a huge difference there. Uh, I leave you with this last thought. Paul said it to Timothy: uh, Watch over the, watch over your life and your doctrine, because they it, doing that, doing that will save both you and your hearers. Love you both. Proud of you. Greetings to all of you at uh, the table. Uh, oh my gosh, I wanted to join you in the celebration of Doug Hankins this evening. Uh, I love Doug and Natalie so very, very much. Honestly, I've been able to work with a lot of people and a lot of leaders over uh, several decades. And uh, being able to work with Doug has been one of the most memorable. And most of that is in good ways. <laughs> so, you know, I've known Doug for the last uh, almost four years now. And uh, I've watched him grow in his God awareness as well as a self-awareness that's created a brand new quality of leadership within Doug. I've watched Doug be able to receive lots of teaching and training and then I've watched him apply all of that and actually act on what God was saying. I know that you have uh, been the beneficiaries of Doug's investment in you. He's made investments at large group levels, at medium size, and in small group levels. Many of you have been through a discipleship with him, through an internship with him, but I, more than anything, I love Doug's heart for God. Both Doug and Natalie have had a huge heart for God, as well as for all of you, and have sought to pour out and serve you in every single way. So Doug and Natalie, I'm just mega proud of you. Uh, the the uh, ministry here at First Orlando and the young adult ministry in the table is so much richer today because of your involvement with all of it. 
And I just wanted to say thank you. Also, as you know, you know, because of private conversations uh, that uh, we've had together and uh, a fun time we recently shared together that I, I'm really expecting that God's going to use you in some brand new, really profound ways in your new ministry assignment in North Carolina. Again, thanks so much. We love you and we'll be praying for you. Actually, I'm actually gonna, now at this time, invite Doug and Natalie to come up here and hang out with us for a little bit. Y'all give it up for Doug and Natalie Hankins. I told y'all in there, I'm telling y'all right now, I love you guys. I adore you guys. I adore your family. All of us love you so much. And I think that we're just going to, you're going to keep hearing it a lot from more people. Um, but first, so this is this really cool thing. So you're just going to hang out with us here for a little bit. Um, so this cool thing happened. Oh, the, the, Doug's asking for the, the don't cry. I don't think there's a single part here that's not a, a no cry zone for you guys. Yeah, I might, yeah I'm, I'm doing okay right now, but yeah, to push me too far. And I'm, uh, yeah, I was ugly crying this morning, like real bad. <laughs> so uh, we have, uh, so we know that there are Doug, uh, Natalie and Doug has accepted a senior pastor call at a church, uh, First Baptist Church Shelby in North Carolina. But here's a really cool story is that they've been praying for a senior pastor for two and a half years. Um, so here, well, actually, this is a video they posted on Facebook that I think is just really cool to see how God answers a prayer. So take a look at this. So, hey, Dana Graves here, part of the lead pastor search committee. So Katie and I went to a marriage conference a couple of weeks ago, and the guy that did the conference uh, said that years ago when he met his wife, for him it was love at first sight, but for her it was first sight. Uh, gave me quite a, quite a giggle, but 46 years later they've done quite okay, and he's a very famous marriage uh, counselor, and uh, it was a great weekend that Katie and I had together. Well, for 172 years, First Baptist Church has been the bride of Christ right here in Shelby, North Carolina. And you know what? I was thinking about what the uh, speaker said. And, you know, we hadn't always, I know this is news for you, but we hadn't always seen eye to eye on everything. But we're bound together by the love of Christ. And we're a team. And right now we got a mission. And this mission, should you choose to accept it, is to find our next pastor. And so we need a couple things from you. Number one, we need you to focus. We need you to help us intensify the efforts of getting a name, getting multiple names that, will might, that could possibly be our next pastor. And number two, and really most importantly, we need you to pray. And I'm not talking about a casual, just in passing prayer. I mean, we need you on your knees. We need you fervently praying on behalf of this church uh, to let God help us find our next pastor. So we're excited about the search, and we hope you are too. Uh, ask us questions, but most importantly, pray for us, and we'll be praying for you as well. God bless you. February 21st, 2019. Right? And what a cool way that God answered their prayer today. Super, super awesome. Actually, we have a photo here. Um, Y'all got to travel to North Carolina. So there's a photo of uh, so you, and that's the personnel committee? 
Now, so hanging out with the personnel committee, um, the people. And the reason we're showing this photo is because actually the guy in the video, his name is uh, Dana Graves, they were actually supposed to be here uh, in person. It was going to have this moment right now. But uh, emergency came up. They were not able to come. Um, but they actually still wanted to participate. So here is actually a video of them saying what they would have said here to us in person. Good evening, FBC Orlando Table family. Dana and Katie Graves here, reporting to you from Shelby, North Carolina, the city of pleasant living. Listen, sorry we can't be down there with you to celebrate tonight. Good grief, the COVID quarantine has struck again. We were so excited to be down there, see your church and uh, meet all you guys. Heard so much about you. But anyway, it is what it is, and um, maybe we'll have the opportunity to do that again. But just wanted to check in, say hello, and tell you how excited we are to celebrate Doug virtually with you tonight. We're unbelievably excited about the Hankins coming to Shelby, North Carolina, and we feel strongly that the Lord has led us to them just for this special time um, and this season at First Baptist Shelby. So thank you for sharing them. We will take good care of them. We promise, right? Yeah, very yeah. very much so. And you know, the, the Lord takes us all on journeys. We've been on quite a journey with our search committee over this last two and a half years. And I can tell you, we've seen him work in powerful ways. And uh, the way he led us to Doug is just incredible. And um, we, just, we just love the Hankins family as you guys do. And we promise you, that we'll take real good care of them and um, hope to see you soon. And um, we are celebrating with you here in Shelby, us and the rest of the folks on the committee as well. So God bless, take care, and good night. Night, y'all. Good night, Grace family. <laughs> so we have a few more things. That was a message from First Draft to Shelby. Um, yeah, they're obviously they're pumped. Uh, they're gonna take really good care of you guys um, as we have been taking care of you guys here. And we actually wanna take care of you guys a little bit. We don't wanna send you empty handed. So we actually have our staff team um, that's here and it's gonna come up with a few things. And we actually have, uh, give it up for Brent Nelson and our team. <laughs> Hello friends, check, check, can you hear me? Awesome. So when I first met Natalie Hankins, Shira's already laughing. Uh, when she bought her house, the first thing that she told me was she was gonna try to get around the HOA in her Orlando, Florida home to try to have a chicken coop. And the first thing she told me when moving to Shelby, North Carolina, was that the first thing she was gonna do was get a chicken coop. And so it was only fitting for us to sponsor from your table family your first full chicken coop in Shelby, North Carolina. She said, dream come true. Um, and also we know how much you love fresh flowers. And so for now we have this. But when you get to Shelby, North Carolina, you get a gift card to your favorite flowers, Farm Girl Flowers, um, and there'll be a big, beautiful bouquet then. All right, so we have one more thing. So do y'all know, here, I'm gonna, hold on, can I, I need, I need this just for one, is that okay? Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Thanks, thanks, Dana. Y'all get it for Dana, okay. So. Okay, so this is like the official table teaching table, right? Y'all, if you come into the table, you see this every week. Do y'all know that Doug built this himself? Did y'all know that? Like, 
So from the table, uh, we just wanted to give you um, what is a way to remember, because you said we're keeping this, we're, gonna, we're, we're, we're keeping this, but we wanted to give you a table from the table built as a reminder of how much we love you and how much we love tables, both metaphorically and literally. So here is a small uh, table for you guys. He said it has a nice finishing wax on it. Did Jeff, build this? Jeff did build it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So shout out Jeff uh, for building the table that Doug likes and notices the nice finishing wax um, on that. All right, I'm putting this. Uh... <laughs> so now, y'all. So we actually have two very, very, very special guests. Um, the first guest that I'm going to invite up is y'all. Give it up for Senior Pastor David Youth. Well, well, it's so good to be here. This is the table, right? Not the drive, okay? That's right, it's the table, that's the table. <laughs> Y'all have changed names so many times. So Doug, you and Natalie, you really wanna be a senior pastor, huh? You really think you wanna be a senior pastor? So here's one thing you gotta remember, if it works, it was probably your associate pastor's idea. If it doesn't work, it was yours, all right? It happens every time. There's never been anybody that, that I've served with. I've served with some great guys that I knew had the gifts, but never seen greater gifts to lead a church. And you have actually done that here. I mean, you guys, you are the body of Christ, and you are the fellowship and the community that God has used Doug and Natalie to build. And you're going to do the same thing there. And Doug is the only one on staff that understands the books I have in my office. <laughs> Everybody else comes in and looks and they have no idea. Doug comes pick one up. We can have a discussion, whether it's Josephus or whoever. And you have an amazing gift that God's given you. And I always needed somebody from Trinity around me. And now you've left me. But... Doug has been a blessing to all of us. I represent a lot of pastors that think the world of him. And Doug comes by the office every day. He doesn't stay long. He doesn't stay long. He just walks in and messes, does whatever, messes around, and, just, and then he's gone. And I hear you, and I come out, where's Doug? Well, he's already gone. He's already down the hall. And so I don't know if that's the way you live all of your life, but it's, it's, it's definitely the way you've lived it here. And those little visits have meant the world to me. There have been times I've called Doug and said, Doug, I need to bounce some things off of you, and Doug's been there. And he's always been a resource for me. And you know what? You still be a resource for me. You're always going to be that person that makes me better and that sharpens my life. And as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. And I just believe that's how God intended it to be. There's a, there's a story, um, Doug, in the, in the scripture. And it's found in the Gospel of John, chapter 12. It's, it's the last Passover that Jesus would ever celebrate with his disciples. He's there in Jerusalem. And as you know, when Passover came, there were people from all over the world, literally, that came to, to Jerusalem. There were some Greeks, the scripture says. 
And when the Greeks got there, they came to Philip and they asked Philip a question. And here was the question, sir, we want to see Jesus. Philip takes him to Andrew because Andrew had a really good habit of taking people to Jesus. And the two of them took them to Jesus. I don't know the people in Shelby. Um, I'm not even sure I know where it is. I mean, I, I know kind of where it is. But here's what I know about them. Sir, they want to see Jesus. And I pray the same way you have shown Jesus here, the same way you have reproduced Jesus here, you will do that there. And we are praying for you, and we believe in you, and may God bless you, and may he glorify his name through you. Can I just tell you that when, a, when leadership changes, uh, it, this is just always unsettling. I mean, as I walked around, and by the way, it is so good to be here. Gosh, the last time I was here, um, I don't remember exactly the date, but it's been a while, and it's just good to be back. But I hear so many incredible things about you, and walking around the room and, and looking at you and seeing you has been just an encouragement, not only because of the work Doug has done and Natalie in your life, but just the work God's doing in raising up a generation that's going to that's gonna be world changers, reproducers of Christ just as Isaac said tonight. And the question always comes up when leadership changes. There's two questions. Why is he leaving? And what's going to happen to us? And you know, people tend to fill those blanks in differently. The why he's leaving part is the hardest. Literally, I've had people, you know, when I announced I was leaving to come here, um, was it money? Was it was there something going on here? Was something wrong? And, and you can fill in the blanks any way you want. But let me fill in the blank, I think, the way that Doug and Natalie would, would fill it in. God called them. Because that's the question I ask him. When he came in and sat down, I said, Doug, I need to know, is there something wrong? Is there something going on here? I mean, did somebody make you mad at the table? Come on, tell me, what, what's going on? <laughs> Those crazy people finally got to you, right? And he said, nope, I love it here, and I love them. But God has put this in our heart, and God has opened this door. And it kind of happened to you like it did for me. I'd said no, and everything was fine, moved on, and then they showed up again. That's exactly what happened. And sometimes the truth is confirmed by two witnesses, according to Hebrew law. So I don't know, maybe that second visit was the confirmation of the truth. But he's leaving for one reason. God called him. And, and you know, if you can't get comfortable with that, then you're really missing a big part of this life we're, we're living, this journey. Because so much of what we do is because he called, he told us, he, he led us. It doesn't always make sense. But we just have to believe that when God speaks that we're, we're going to do it. And I just really believe I have great peace tonight. I told Doug that, that day. I have great peace tonight that Doug is in the palm of God's hand and Natalie and the family. I mean, they're, they're right where they're, they're supposed to be. The second question, what's going to happen to us? Who knows? <laughs> Good luck. I'm out. 
Hope y'all do well. That's not the answer. That's what some people want to think. Here is what's going to happen to you. The same thing that's been happening every Tuesday night as long as Doug and Natalie have been here. You know why? Because he reproduced leaders. He poured into leadership. And so what we're doing is trusting that leadership. And the guys that you see up here in this leadership team, that's, is that all of them? Yeah, right here. <laughs> yeah, this leadership team, that's the future. Now, long term, we don't know. You know, will there be somebody else that, that, that takes the position that Doug's been in? Possibly. But it's just the process of trusting the leaders that God has already invested in. And I mean, these guys have, have delivered, and you guys are amazing, every one of you. And you've blessed my life, and I know you've been a blessing to them, and you're going to continue to do that. So initially, yes, they're going to continue, and nothing's going to change. And not only this group, but uh, where are the um, coaches, the life group coaches? Would you guys stand up? Where are you? Just stand up if you're a life group coach. There they are. There's some. How about the captains? How about the table captains? Where are the table captains? Stand up. That's awesome. They are not, y'all not going anywhere, right? All right. So see, they're not going anywhere. And they're, they've been investing in your life and leading. And then there's another group. Because I've had the privilege of having them in my office on a Sunday morning when it's really crazy busy. But they brought just, just fresh air to me on a Sunday, believe it or not. I want all of you who've been in the residency program to stand up. It doesn't matter what level or how long or when, just if you've been in the residency program, stand up. Look at this. How many folks have been in that program? You guys are amazing. You will continue to lead and you will continue to serve. Thank you. You can be seated. So what I want you to know is, man, you guys are in great hands. And I'm committing myself to be here with you and for you. And, and, and believe that God has got some great days ahead. And I know Doug and Natalie play, pray this, and I do too. I pray the best days for the table are to come. Because that's what every leader wants. They want it to get better when they leave, not fall apart. Am I right? They want it to get better. So let me ask you. I, and this is something you, can, you have to answer. Are you willing and ready to take what you've learned in these days? And just to carry this forward and to continue the journey that God has put you on and, and, and be faithful to what you know he wants you to do. And I believe the answer to that is what's going to determine the days that are to come. Hey, some of you tonight, this is your first night at the drive, I, excuse me, table. I knew I was going to do it. <laughs> I knew at some point I was going to say it. And, and some of you, it's like your second night. How many of you, it's your first night at the table? Where are you? Stand up. Or can we just welcome you somehow? Where are you? All right. Awesome. That's great. So I'm assuming that the three of you have been waiting for Doug to leave, and then now's time to come. <clears throat> That's awesome. I really am glad y'all are here. And, and Isaac said it well. It's a, it's a different night, but it's a good night. It's a very good night. And I want us to welcome, to take the mic, the one who has poured into you and been so faithful to you, the one who has shown you Jesus, 
and is going to North Carolina to do the same. Would you one more time give it up for Doug and Natalie Hankins. Thank you guys, thank you. Hey, uh, man, I have so many thoughts, so I hope you guys aren't going anywhere for 45 minutes. We gotta, um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them. Um, hey, seriously, sorry, I don't wanna walk away from you. Um, uh, let me just say a couple of things. I wanna, I, I wanna say a few things just about my pastors, and then I wanna tell you a cool story about North Carolina. So, Isaac hit the nail on the head that really what you're going to do with your life, the answer to that is to reproduce Jesus in someone else. The best thing you can do is follow Jesus and lead others to do the same, no matter whether you're doing that in professional ministry or you're doing that as a person who's got a job somewhere else and you're doing ministry kind of as part of your lifestyle. I just want to affirm that. And I think a lot of you have probably said you've seen that in me and you've seen in Isaac and Britt and Lucas and Thomas and Dana and the rest of us. But let me tell you where I also see it. I see that in David and Danny. And if you guys don't know David and Danny, there are pastors here, our senior pastors. Um, and uh, one of my first weeks here, uh, I, I just, David Youth was telling this story and he said, you know, he was walking around campus one day and uh, he was walking around and there was some trash on the ground and um, he went down to pick it up. And you know, he's 6'8", so when he bends down to pick something up, that's like, you know, earth shattering, whatever, right? It's like a giant doing that. So he's doing that, and um, the guy with him was like, no, 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 you don't need to pick that up. We have a crew around here that picks up trash. And David looked at him and said, yeah, that's me, and that's all of us. And when he told that story, I was like, that's my dude for life, because he basically established that ministry, all of it big and small, it's everybody's job. And our mega church senior pastor, who's like super famous celebrity pastor, who's best friends with all these famous people, is not too good to pick up trash and clean up the campus. Why? Because our mission here is to do anything for First Orlando, whatever we have need for. And so, David, you demonstrate that so well, and Danny, you demonstrate that so well. And part of the reason we say one-on-one -on -one is how it's done is because these gentlemen model that. Uh, Danny, I've been on a road trip with you to Tallahassee before, right? Yep. Spent a lot of good time with you. David, I've been on some road trips with you before, right? We've uh, partied together in Dallas and in, uh, what was the last party? Uh, Birmingham. Birmingham. Yep. By the way, David, did you buy that shirt in Dallas? Is that the shirt you bought at Untuck It in Dallas in Uptown? Okay. I wasn't sure. It's a good shirt on you. I like that. Um, We've had meals together. Our families have had uh, meals with your families. Th this thing that we all do here is not because we're crazy and we're part of a cult. It's we're, we're, we love Jesus and we're part of a culture that believes in relationships. And so part of the reason the heartbeat of the table is this way is because it's the heartbeat of First Baptist Orlando, because it's the heartbeat of David and Danny. And listen, Hankins will move on, but you got great people here and you got great people here leading the way. And so that's one of the reasons we could know that we're uh, in a point where we could transition. Um, do you want to say anything? I'm going to tell one story after this. Yeah. Um, I just want to say that um, we love you guys so much. We, we are so grateful that God brought us here so that we could get to meet you, love you, and serve Jesus with you. And um, I'm just forever grateful that God brought us here and let us be a part of what he was doing in Orlando. Um, as we're following Jesus in obedience to Shelby, 
I just want to encourage and challenge you all. In the same way that the disciples left their nets and followed Jesus, God's calling y'all to leave your nets and follow Jesus. And for some of you, that's going to look like leaving your nets and following Jesus here in Orlando. And for some of you, he's going to send you abroad. But wherever it is that he sends you, it's worth it. He's always worth it. We love you. Okay. Um, so uh, David mentioned this, and I'll just touch on it. The, th the way I like to talk about this is not that we're leaving Orlando. I re we really feel like First Baptist Orlando is sending us to North Carolina to take what is so amazing here about this culture and to go find a church where that kind of culture is actually already there and then just to link up arms for the kingdom. Um, because the kingdom is bigger than, than any of us, and we just want to be a part of God's kingdom. And the, the process for me kind of trying to discern that was really difficult. You know, I love Orlando, and I love First Orlando, and we love First Orlando, and our kids love First Orlando, and we love y'all. And I was just going, okay, God, it seems like you may be moving us to North Carolina. Like, these things were lining up. They were safe people. They seemed like friends. We seemed like we could partner in ministry. But you guys know this. You're trying to discern through things, and you just kind of need, like, one more sign. In fact, I was talking to David, and he said, just as you're praying through it, look for a confirmation. Look for one final confirmation. Just, just really lean into the Lord and listen and listen. And so um, I had this really cool story. Um, Britt calls them creepy Jesus moments. Um, so I was actually... Uh, I was driving around in Orlando, and I, I sensed that the offer was coming, and I was like, okay, Lord, should I say yes? Should I say yes? And I wanted to listen to this one Pearl Jam song. Do you guys think you can find it on Spotify? It's Daughter by Pearl Jam. Don't play it yet, but just cue it up and wait, and I'm going to give you the, the signal. It's going to be like this. Okay, not yet. Hold back. Uh, so... I was just like, man, I want to listen to Daughter by Pearl Jam, but I had an appointment at a lunch, so I kind of pulled into this parking garage, and I was like, I'll, I'll cue it on my Spotify. I'll listen to it later. So I go to this lunch, and um, I'm eating with this couple. I'm going to do their wedding, and we're talking about the order or whatever, and the check comes, and we pay the check, and we're kind of just lingering together at the end of this meal. And I was like, man, this is really awesome, and in my head, I'm just kind of still thinking, like, is it North Carolina? Is it North Carolina? And all of a sudden, the song comes on the stereo in the restaurant of where I am. <laughs> this is good. Do you hear the tone in that acoustic guitar? It's amazing. Anyway, so I hear this song and I'm like having this moment. And for me and for whatever reason, when God's working in my life, he'll sometimes play songs and I'll, I'll just get a sense from the Lord that this is like a confirmation milestone. Like I am in his will and I'm listening. And he just kind of uses music to speak to me. And so I'm just like tearing up and I'm like, okay, Lord, this is this, is this moment. So I say goodbye on this, this meal with him and I walk to my car and I get in my car and I cue it up on my iPhone or whatever and it goes and it starts playing and I pull out of the parking garage and I'm driving and I'm on iDrive and then I get onto I-4. I don't know if you've ever been on Interstate 4, but it's crazy. Uh, 
And so I get on and I'm, I'm trying to merge on here and I, I get into the lane and this car, this white SUV comes from nowhere and just cuts me off and I hit the brakes and I didn't know it at the time, but I needed new brakes. So it was really scary for a second because I hit it and I was like, oh, this is a problem. I was like, okay, this is God is confirming and I'm dying and going to heaven, not North Carolina, uh, right? But for some reason, I hit the brakes and they stop and the car, I'm like right up on the bumper and I'm just freaking out here and we kind of settle and I look at the license tag and it's North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> David was like, that's a no, Doug. No. <laughs> and I just start crying and I'm I'm wanting to just like have this moment, but I got to drive and I'm just crying and I'm like, Lord, I see this is a, just a sign from you that that's where you want me to go. And it was like he, he just kind of spoke to me and said, the pastor search committee is going to call you tonight. They're going to offer you the job. You should say yes. And I came back to the office and I told Isaac in the moment. I called my shot. I, t I called Natalie and told her. I actually called Natalie first. Isaac, you were second. Natalie, you were first. <laughs> Marriage priorities. Uh... And, um, and that night we went home and uh, Britt and Mike were actually over for dinner and I was like, yeah, I think they're going to call and offer. And sure enough, they called and offered and we said, we said yes, because when God wants you to do something, you have to be obedient to it. And so I just want to encourage you with what my, my beautiful bride said, God's calling you to something and I think it's going to look a lot like reproducing Jesus and someone else and it may be here or it may be across town, or it may be in another part of the United States, or it may be in another country, but wherever he calls you, say yes and go. And so can I just pray for everybody here? Is that okay, Isaac? And then can I toss back to you? Yes. But then you're going to pray for me. Yes. But let me pray for us first. Perfect. We're Baptist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, love it. Jesus, thank you for my friends. Thank you for this awesome serum, uh, 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 or uh, whatever this is, gathering, uh, celebration. And um, in seriousness, Jesus, we're trusting you and we're trying to model the way that a church sends somebody to another place. Lord, may you continue sending people from First Orlando for your glory, for our good, and for the good of this world that we love. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I just, the Lord spoke to me. The first time you play Pearl Jam at First Baptist Shelby, you're going to be looking for a job. So you can come back here, all right? You got it? That a deal? <laughs> hey, that's awesome. Hey, tonight's been a lot of fun. We're celebrating. We're kind of wrapping things up here. Um, but I'm going to ask Doug and Adam to just kind of stand right here, right in front and center, because we just want to pray for you guys. And I'm actually going to have everyone stand, and we're going to do this the— the uh, laying on of hands COVID style, so just we can't actually do it. We're going to reach, but I am going to ask Pastor uh, Danny DeArmas to come up and lead us um, in a prayer for the Hankins. Okay, everybody can extend their hands, and I'll uh, voice our prayer. You just pray silently along as we pray for them. God, we're so thankful for Doug and Natalie and their time here at First Baptist Orlando and with the table. And these moments are bittersweet. Uh, they're hard. They're happy, sad. There's a side of this that's very sad because we hate to see them leave. Uh, they've invested so much here, and we love them, and they um, have been a, have brought joy to us. Uh, whether they're uh, it's Doug running circles around the office, or it's 
It's them together leading this wonderful family called the table or investing in people or having one-on-ones and the, the meetings that they have. And they've brought such joy here and they have reproduced Jesus well. They've done that um, towards David and me even. They have re- reproduced Jesus and, and, and helped us to grow. And then they've also taken this gospel, this good news of Jesus, and they've invested it into this table and to many others who aren't even here tonight. And we just thank you for them. And so um, in the midst of the sadness, we also have joy, great joy, because we get to anticipate what's coming their way in the months and years ahead. And we thank you for the way you've prepared them. I have no doubt that you're going to use them in incredible ways, with or without Pearl Jam uh, there in Shelby. We know you're going to use them. Um, they're going to model Jesus for so many people. And, and that church is going to be blessed by their ministry. And, and we take great joy in being able to send them and to be able to see you use them again, even if it's in a new place. And so we pray your richest blessings, your deepest care for them. May you hold them in the center of your hand as you place them in this new assignment. Help them to find friends quickly, help their kids to make good friends quickly, surround them with families that will nurture and protect them. And God, as pastor there, may he be refreshed and may he find places where he can lead and and, and really see the fruit of his ministry. I pray in every way, um, use them to build that church, that it will grow and it'll be a blessing to that city because of their leadership. And I just thank you that for these few years, we got to share them with them, and now we get to send them and watch them blossom in another place. And thank you for the joy that we have in knowing them and loving them. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you so much, Pastor Danny. So we do have uh, really two more things, and I think we have something queued up as well. Under your chair, you're going to see a drink. Um, Do not shake it, please. This is not a like Formula One, we're going to douse you in champagne, but we are going to toast. Uh, to the Hangins, just to say thank you and cheers, because what's going to happen after this is we have an after party in the courtyard Woo! with y'all's favorite cheese pizza oh. and chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. yeah. So hang out, party with us, say your goodbyes in the courtyard outside. But first, we're just going to cheers. Um, is there, I'm going to grab a, uh, what's over here? There's a, look, la, la, all right, there's a LaCroix. Great. Oh, yes. I would love a Coca-Cola. Thank you. Thank you. Match the shirt. Thank you. (laughs) So if you can, let's open it together. Ready? As closing time, one last time is playing. Y'all say cheers to the Hankins. May you reproduce in Shelby and may we keep reproducing here for God's glory and our good. Amen. Cheers. All right, let's go hang out in the courtyard. Into the world. Closing time.